Welcome to an Impact Ministries production brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to this week's Cyber Church broadcast. You know, I'm so thankful that no matter what has gone crazy in the world, we still have the opportunity to share the gospel with you, to share the love of God with you, and that's what we're doing all over the world. We are preaching the gospel of the kingdom to the ends of the earth. Now, I started a new series just a couple of weeks ago, and uh, it's called Always Above and Never Beneath. Now, that by itself may not mean much to you, but when you go and read the context of that scripture, it's talking about always winning and never losing. Now, when you hear something like that, your mind goes to definitions of what it means to win and what it means to lose. For so many of us, winning means someone else has to lose. And so some people draw back from that thing. Oh, you know what? I, I don't, I'm not wanting to beat people all the time. Well, we're not talking about beating people. We're talking about always winning in your personal situation. As a matter of fact, the way God will lead you to always win will always benefit everybody in that situation. Uh, God always wants to win, win, win. And man, I love it when I go into a situation that's, uh, you know, difficult. Sometimes it's conflicting. And I can find a way for me to win. I can find a way for the other person to win. But in the end, the most important thing is that the kingdom of God wins. Uh, because when, when the kingdom of God wins, then everybody involved in the situation gets the very best that they can get from that situation. So, you know, I call this always above, never beneath, the biblical secret to always winning. So I'm not talking about taking away from somebody else. I'm not talking about beating somebody else. I'm not talking about somebody else losing. I'm talking about a winning that happens internally. Now, you know, it works out on the outside eventually. but. Uh, you know, a winning where you don't have to be cruel, you don't have to be mean, you don't have to be hard-hearted. A, a winning where you actually get to show the goodness and the graciousness of God and get to attract people to that situation. I can't tell you how many times I've sat down in negotiations, business negotiations, where it was going to blow up, but I'd be fair, I would be honest, I would be truthful. And uh, so many times it would become that win, win, win. And then I would get to minister to the person. I get to share Jesus with them. So, uh, man, this is going to be an incredible series. So this week we're talking about seeing what God sees. Now, last week we talked about the fact that we could actually understand God. Now, so many people don't think we can understand God because they they pick out certain parts of the scripture and they, and they connect to those parts of scripture, but they ignore other parts of the scripture. You know, the Bible says in one place, the apostle Paul wrote this, he says, you know, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has ever even come into your imagination uh, the good things that God has prepared for you. And so people say, well, see, you can't know. You just absolutely can't know what, you know, what good things God's going to do. Well, oh, yes, you can if you read the rest of the scripture. It says they, that, that the Holy Spirit shows these things to us. We can see, we can perceive, we can understand 
these things. We can always have the expectation of a positive outcome. As a matter of fact, that's really what the word hope means. And God himself is a God of hope. And we should be children of hope. We should be people who always expect a good outcome. And hope is the precursor for faith. And if we don't expect a good outcome, we will never move from hope to faith. And most of our, most of our efforts, if we succeed at them, it's just because we work real hard. And there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, God wants us to enter in this place of rest where he leads us and he guides us and he empowers us and he gives us the wisdom and the insight and everything that we need. You know, in the book of uh, 2 Kings, the sixth chapter, uh, there was a really interesting situation uh, in the nation of Israel. There was a prophet in the nation of Israel in those days named Elijah, or excuse me, Elisha. And Elisha, man, he was so accurate in hearing the voice of God and by the way, let me say, you don't have to, under the New Covenant, you've got the Holy Spirit in you. You know, these prophets in the Old Testament, we see these things, and man, we're astounded at how accurate they were in their prophecies. And we think, man, I, I, I wish I could do that. Well, let me tell you, they only had the Holy Spirit come upon them. That's why the word anointing is used in the Holy Spirit. The word anointing, or the word anointing means to smear or rub something externally onto somebody. You know, we are in Jesus. So the anointing that works in our life is the same anointing that Jesus had. And so the Holy Spirit in us uh, is the same Holy Spirit that came upon them in the Old Testament, and he can show us everything that's going to come down the pike. Really, the truth is, if our heart is open and sensitive to God, we should rarely, if ever, be surprised at anything that happens, particularly if it's something major, because God wants us to know this, called that's why he's called our shepherd. You know, the Lord is my shepherd. He leads me. And that's the whole concept of following God. So anyhow, uh, the enemies of Israel, uh, they could never capture them. They could never attack them and win because of Elisha, this prophet. And so in the preceding verses, if you go look it up, you'll, you'll see that uh, someone told the king, I believe it was might have been the king of Syria, I can't remember, but it but they said, listen, there's a prophet down in Israel. He, can, he knows what you say in your bedroom. And uh, so this king, and it was so ignorant, okay, if there's a prophet that is that accurate, I'm, I'm going to go try to sneak up on him and try to capture him. So he sends an army down there, and, and uh, they, they come upon Elijah or Elisha and his servant. And so, man, this, this servant is freaking out because they are surrounded by these soldiers. And he's thinking, man, this is it. I'm, you know, we're doomed. We're never going to come out of this. And so in verse 16 of 2 Kings 6, it says, Elisha says, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now, I'm telling you what, when a person of faith, I'm not talking about a person who tries to make things happen, but a person who actually is connected with God in their heart and recognizes what God is doing and hears the voice you know, of God's leadership, it is as if they are seeing the invisible. They know, they know what God's speaking to them. They feel that safety. They feel that reassurance. They feel that hope. And so it says, Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire around Elisha. So when the Syrians came down to him, Elisha prayed 
to the Lord and said, strike this people. So anyhow, uh, Elisha saw all of this and was aware of all of this because he was seeing from God's perspective. Now, I, I'm just going to tell you, the struggle that we all struggle with is that we do not renew our minds in the Word of God. We do not fully trust God and, and, and come to a place where we will recognize and hear and follow His voice with absolute confidence. Now, we'll pray for Him to do things. We'll pray for Him to fix the messes that we make. We'll pray for Him to get us through hard situations. But the truth is, most of the hard situations could be avoided if, in fact, we were listening to and following the Holy Spirit. So one of the things, and we talked about this last week, you know, this, this thing that people quote all the time, that's not even the Bible. You know, God works in mysterious ways, His wonders to perform. Well, God's ways are only uh, mysterious to those who don't know Him because He shows us His ways. You know, Jesus came so we could really understand and recognize God. And, and Jesus showed us, you know what? When there's somebody sick, you don't understand what God would do? He'd get them healed. Or, you know, when there's somebody that needs help, you know what God would do? He'd give them help. When, the, you know, whatever the situation was, however Jesus handled every encounter that he had with every human being, this was him saying, oh, you want to understand what God would do in a situation like this? Here's what it looks like. Now, religion doesn't believe that. Religion has the name of Jesus on their mouths, but is far from their heart. Religion, even though Jesus never turned anybody away, religion has its own, uh, has its own way of, of qualifying people for the promises of God. Religion turns people away. Religion looks for reasons to say that God won't do what he promised to do and won't do what Jesus showed him that he would do. Uh, so we reject everything that God has said. In his word, we reject everything that God has showed us through the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, in the book of Hebrews, it says something really interesting. Hebrews chapter 1, you know, it starts saying, look, in times past, God spoke to us through many different ways. And he did. He spoke through angels. He spoke through prophets. He spoke through, you know, priests. He says, but now he speaks to us in his son. And his son, according to Hebrews 1.3, is the exact representation of God. We don't ever have to wonder what God would do if we trust what Jesus showed us. And so I don't have to have a priest, a prophet. I don't have to have anybody out there really speak to me uh, about what God is saying to me or what God wants me to do. Because every situation, God is speaking to us through Jesus, first and foremost through the model that Jesus displayed through his life, through his ministry, through his death, burial, and resurrection. And, uh, and then the Holy Spirit is trying to speak that into our hearts. So we not only have the written word of God that we can understand intellectually, but we have something that goes beyond the written word of God that is happening in our heart that keeps us right up to the moment and uh, in, in, you know, walking with God. But one of the things that we have to understand is this. In every situation, there is, like Elisha and his servant, there is a natural view of things. There is that which you see with your natural eye and you grasp with your intellectual mind. But God also has a view. God is seeing some. God saw those angels there that were surrounding and protecting Elisha before um, 
uh, Elisha's servant did because his, his eyes had to be open. Well, why did his eyes have to be open? Because he looked at the situation and he didn't turn his heart to God. He didn't say, okay, God, show, show me what's real here. Because God always has a reality. God always has a version. God has a point of view which he will gladly share with us if, in fact, we are open to that point of view. Now, I've said this to you. If you follow me very long, you know this. Uh, you cannot hear from God that which you are not willing to obey, which means you've got to trust it. So whatever you're not willing to trust God for, you're never going to hear. You're never going to understand. You're never even going to recognize the options that are there before you. So I want you to think about this. You know, and I don't even know how many billions of dollars are spent every year in uh, the, you know, the um, positive thinking, success, building wealth, uh, motivational space. I, I mean, billions are spent every year because people are looking for answers. Uh, it's amazing how hungry people are, but if you look for answers in the wrong place, then you get the wrong answers. Now, the wrong answer doesn't mean that answer isn't true. The question is, is that answer true for me? Is that answer true for my circumstance? You know, um, I, I, I was part of writing a book back many years ago, and uh, the publishing company that put this book out, they wanted to have the top 12 success teachers in America uh, write a chapter in this book. And so out of the blue, they contacted me. I didn't know that I was considered anywhere because I'm not really, I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm just a, a, a biblical preacher and teacher. And so I was, I was invited to write you know, this book. So one of the things that I saw as I did some work with a lot of these guys that really want to help people, I mean, they were serious. I'm not saying they were bad people. I'm not saying they were, they were disingenuous. But I am saying there are certain things that have become common statements and they're presented as fact in many arenas, but they're really, really not fact. And one of the first earliest things that I ever heard, I said, you know, that is just absolutely not true. Uh, it can happen, but there's a lot of things that can happen. A lot of things that are possible, but they're not probable. One of the most common things that I used to run into with success teachers uh, was this statement. If you want to make a million dollars, just go find somebody that made a million dollars and do what they did, and you'll make a million dollars. And you know what? I knew many people that did what other people did, and they copied it meticulously, and they failed miserably, and they were so angry. And, you know, really, we kind of have that concept in walking with God that if we will just copy, you know, to the letter something that someone else did, then we will enjoy the same success or the same outcomes they have. I want you to understand something. God is a God of equal opportunity, but God is not a God of equity that says, I guarantee you all the same outcome. He says all the same outcomes are possible. And as a matter of fact, they can become probable. But if, if I want to have success in my life, I can learn from other people. And I tell you, I do. My whole life, whenever I realized I didn't understand something, I would go find somebody that succeeded at what I wanted to do. I would learn everything from them that I could. But they did not become my source. 
The Holy Spirit is my source. The Word of God is my information. And what I realized, I would take the information I learned from other people, and I would use that. I would, I would seek God, and, and I would want to understand how do I put this into work. See, I want the Holy Spirit to be my life coach. As a matter of fact, you know, there are so many things that God is trying to lead us into, but we're really not seeking Him. We're really not asking Him. We're not making Him our source. We will believe what we are taught by other people more than we will believe what God Himself is attempting to teach us. You know, uh, one of the things that has always been so incredibly uh, interesting uh, to me is, and, and I started my journey with God this way, you know, uh, 49 years ago. And, um, you know, I grew up, my, my father was a, alcoholic he you know he was a bootlegger i mean he, you know, he was kind of a small-time criminal really if you want to know the truth and so uh you know i know and, and he was gone almost all the time he abandoned us when i was really young before i mean i was probably in about the second grade when he totally disappeared on us and so you know i never had anybody teach me that I, I tell you it took decades after i got saved to learn how to properly communicate with people that was not offensive and threatening to them. I would have people get so angry at me, and they would, they would talk about how I made them feel intimidated. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, you know, we, we grow up in certain cultures, and we, we pass that on to other people. And so when I started reading the Bible, one of the things, very first things that I did early on and of course, when I gave my life to Jesus, one of, the, one of my commitments to him is, you know, I'll give you my life, but I will not believe anything that anybody says about you until I see it in the Bible for myself. And by that, I didn't mean to see it and read the scripture. I wanted, I wanted God to teach me. And so, so uh, I, I started approaching God. I was like, if you're my father, you know, I didn't have anybody to teach me anything. I didn't have anybody to teach me how to talk to other people. I didn't have anybody teach me how to treat other people. I didn't have anybody model for me what a good marriage looked like or what raising children looked like. You know, I had, I had such weaknesses in raising children because I didn't even really get to be a child. I was out, you know, by the time I was in the third grade, I was out working and buying a lot of times my own school clothes. And sometimes, uh, sometimes everything that I had of any value was something I went out and worked for and bought myself. So, you know, when I started raising kids, I didn't know how to do it. And I saw other people that gave me a lot of great tips. But you know who I wanted to hear from? I wanted to hear from the ultimate father. I wanted to hear from God. So every time I would read the Bible, my approach, I call it meditative reading of Scripture. Because my approach was, I'm going to read everything. And I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I didn't know that this was really how we're supposed to read the Bible. You know, the ancient Hebrews, when they would read the Word of God, as they would read the Word of God, they would think about, okay, so what, am I, what is this saying to me? You see, too often what people get out of the Bible, they think, oh, I'm getting the, this is the real answer. This is the right way to interpret this scripture. Well, sometimes it may be, sometimes it may not be. But so many times we have to look and say, well, wait a minute. What is this scripture saying to me? I'm not saying this is the only interpretation. I'm not saying this is the only way to see it. But what is it saying to me? And so at the end of it, then the next question I have to ask, okay, God, if this is what you're showing to me, if this is what you're saying to me, then, then the next question I need to ask is, okay, then how do I, based on what you're showing to me, how do I apply this to my life? Because you see, really, 
If you are not seeking to apply Scripture to your life, and I'm not talking about legalism. I'm not trying to talk about earning something from God. I'm not talking about dead works. I'm talking about realizing God is smarter than you are. Oh, wait a minute. You might have just sucked the air out of the room because I tell you, <laughs> I think that's one of, the, one of the greatest revelations we all need to have. God's smarter than I am. And the great thing is, as a father, he doesn't want me to fail. He doesn't want me going through hardships. You know, you got these, all these crazy doctrines is, you know, about God teaching you through hardship and suffering. No, he doesn't. You can learn, you know, when you get into a hardship or you, whatever, you can turn to God and you can learn how to get out of that hardship. Or when you're headed toward hardship, if you're listening to God, you know, you may get a detour and God will show you how to avoid that hardship if you're open to following him instead of following your own plan. So, you know, so I started this thing of always, when I was reading the Bible, I would be like, okay, based on how I'm reading this, how do I apply, how do I apply this to my life? What would this look like in my real life? Where are places where I'm actually violating the Scripture and I haven't even realized that I'm violating the Scripture? It was all about bringing God and His wisdom and His Word into real life. But see, it even goes beyond that. God not only wants you to get the information right, He wants you to get the wisdom, and the wisdom is always the application of the information. Listen. Uh, before I go on, let me just mention this to you. Every time I do a video series, and man, I'll tell you what, we put so many free video series out here that is crazy. Our world changers, our people who support us financially, they make it possible. I have people ask me all the time, how in the world do you all afford to put so much free information out there? I'll tell you why. Because I am surrounded by generous people who are what we call world changers. They believe that we can influence the entire world. And we are. We're training leaders all over the world. We've got several hundred Bible schools all over the world. And we are continuing to advance the gospel with no big fanfare and uh, no big show, but just taking the word of, of God out there. But uh, anytime I do a, a, the video series, I mean, I put all the meat in there that I can, but I always do an audio series. Now, the audio series... You know, there are a lot of people maybe, you know, they got a lot of this stuff ironed out or, you know, you know, this is not new to them. But the audio series is always designed for people who say, I am a disciple. I'm looking to go deeper. And they buy the audio series. And it's not a duplication of the video series. It's an extension of the video series that takes you into personal application. And, uh, and so when you make that investment in your life, that means that you have chosen to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. But also the proceeds from uh, books and CDs and classes that you take, all of these proceeds are what we use to go into the world and not have to beg for offerings all the time. So, so number one, if you want to make an investment in yourself, if you want to come into the biblical secret for always winning, for always coming out on top without having to hurt other people, then you be sure and get this uh, uh, audio series. And uh, I'm telling you, it is going to be a, an incredible eye-opener for you. So anyhow, let me, let me jump back to this. Now, so in the Hebrew alphabet, there, all of the letters in the Hebrew alphabet, which was the language God spoke, and so we need to understand God from the language that he chose to speak. You know, now I've studied Greek almost all of, all of my Christian life, 
And, and I regret that I didn't put as much effort into studying Hebrew as I did Greek. Because if it, Greek is uh, not even the language that Jesus taught. It's, it's a translation of the New Testament. And there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, you're taking the Hebrew that God, you know, that God spoke, and then Jesus taught had to teach that in an Aramaic language. And then the apostles had to translate that into Greek. So by the time you get down here to a Greek and then an English translation or whatever language you speak, man, this has now gone through about four translations. So you always want to go back to the root if you can instead of the Hebrew. So the Hebrew alphabet, every letter in the Hebrew alphabet actually has its own uh, interpretation, has its own meaning. And when you're translating the Hebrew language, you always have to take the root word of the Hebrew alphabet and you have to look up the meaning of every letter in, the, in that root word to understand fuller what that word means. So there's a letter in the Hebrew alphabet called the mem. This is where we get the M sound. The top of the mem looks like water, just like the top of an M. And it presents a mystery because, you know, you can stand and look at the water and you can see down into the water to a certain degree. And you can understand what's going on down there. But the real truth is you do not really understand what's going on deeper into the water until you dive in for yourself and you go in and you look at it underwater. Well, see, God, you know, God, you know he has apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, and teachers who are, who are teaching us things and sharing things. But at the end of the day, that's like standing on the, uh, on the edge of a boat and looking over and sort of understanding, being able to see down about 10 feet about what's going on. But the real truth is, if you want to know what's down there, you've got to dive in for yourself. So, so there's no way that me or any pastor or any teacher or any prophet, anybody can, can bring to you what you need when, if you're going to make life's journey and you're going to experience God's help and God's leadership and God's strength. So there's two expressions of the mem. The first one is what's called the open mem. And the open mem is God's word, which he has poured out on the entire world. You know what? Everybody can get a Bible. There's a few countries that you'd have to risk your life probably to have a Bible, and you'd have to hide it. But the real truth is, over most of the world, you can still get a Bible. And no matter what translation is, and no matter how poor the translation is, if you're seeking God from your heart, you're going to understand the word of God to a great to a great, great degree. But then there's, called, there's what's called a closed mem. And in the closed mem, those who are seeking God. You know, the Bible says, seek God while he can be found. Well, well, when can he be found? He can be found anytime that you're honest and you're sincere in seeking him. And so the closed mem is the private communication that God has with you. Now, there are many occult groups that says that private communication is going to be where God teaches you things that's in the Bible that he's not willing to teach other people. As a matter of fact, he's going to teach you some things that are not even in the Bible. We're going to get beyond the Bible. We're going to have all of this, all of this great revelation knowledge. Well, that's really not what the closed mem is about. Because, see, the open mem says, here, here, here's all this information. Man, you can get an incredible amount of insight and knowledge, wisdom. All, you can get incredible things from just reading pondering the Word of God. But, you see, as we get intimate with God, as he becomes more and more of our source and we fall more and more deeply in love with him, then, what, then in our communion with God, then he shows us 
how to take the written Word of God and apply it in whatever situation that we're facing right now. And so, and so this is where the Holy Spirit becomes our life coach. This is where God shows us how to see things the way He sees things, how to interpret things the way He's interpreting, but also how and where God shows us how to navigate the challenges of our life. Listen, I'm going to take you deeper in this every single week, so be, be sure and come back and join me. Share this with people. And be sure and check out the uh, message audio series. You can download it and start listening to it right along with what we're talking about right now. Bless you. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.